All right, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. All right, my sermon today is taken from the mission statement of this church, We Grow Christians. Now, I want to go over what we do here in this church and why we do what we do. Very important. Now listen, listen carefully as what I'm about to say to you. When you go to the airport, you get on an airplane, don't you care where the plane's going? Just take me somewhere. Just take me somewhere. I mean, you don't want to get on a plane and end up in, in uh, Taiwan or, or Kenya, Africa or swamps of Louisiana when you were planning on going to Hawaii. So let me ask you a question. When you walk into church, do you think it's important where they're going to take you? Yeah. It should be. It should be. You should know what you're, you're waking up on Sunday morning walking into church. Why? Why are you here? What are you here for? Do you know that? Do you know what we do? Do you know what we do versus what everybody else does? Do you know why we do what we do? And you need to know that. So one of the things I want to make a statement to you, I grow Christians. That's what I do. And when you walk in, I want you to know you walk in there, his whole motive is to grow you. You're going to grow in God. And you have to want that. You have to want to grow. If you just want to go to church, anywhere will do. Amen. So I want to start off by talking about spiritual growth. What should be happening in your life. I'm going to use a couple scriptures and I want you to kind of, see, I want you to hook up with me because I found out something past 32 years. I can't make you do anything. You will do what you want to do. Word or no word. So I'm going to ask you a question. You remember when Jesus told 500 people to meet him in Jerusalem? 500 people. How many showed up? 120. Do you know people don't even do what God says? And I want you to think about that. Here Jesus rose from the dead and floated off. Talk about a move of God. And people still didn't do what he said. Do you understand that people in this church don't do what God says? Thank you. But I want you to know I'm not changing for that. I want you to know what I do, why I do. And I want, to know, I want you to know so that when we come together, we're on the same page. That's very important. So I want to go over that. I want to show you from the Word of God, I want to show you that you should grow, and I'm going to show you why you should grow. We won't get into it today. And what happens if you don't? Did you know there's things that happen or don't happen if you don't grow? Okay. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Let me just, I just want to read it. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You're not saved by works, but he created you for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. God is on a mission with you. Do you know that? God has a motive in your life. He's got something he's trying to get done. If you don't know that, you say, well, I just want a new car. God, don't mind you have a new car. 
Well, I just want a new house. God don't mind you have a new house. But there's more going on in God's mind with you than that. So here's Christianity 101 U.S. Come to Jesus, go to heaven. That's not the gospel. That never has been the gospel. It's the American gospel. And because of that, people are satisfied to walk in a church and hear the gospel every Sunday. And think they went to church. And you didn't. Now, I'm not saying that there are not men that are evangelists, that are in pulpits. There are. But my prayer is that he would have pastors in his church. He needs them. So I'm not here sitting in judgment over uh, Joe Evangelist, Pastor Joe Evangelist. But let's hope that Pastor Sam and Bill and Susie are in the church because when the babies get born again, they're going to need to grow. Okay. Now, having said that, um, let, me, let me read two more scriptures here. Uh, Philemon uh, 1.6. I'm just going to pop it up on the screen, and I want you to see this. Being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God started something in you when you got saved. Being born again is not the end. It's only the beginning. Now, you can celebrate being born again all you want to. The day I got married was a great celebration. But we're not on the honeymoon right now. We sold the horse that I rode in on. And Lisa got dishes, sinks, babies, and diapers. Even though we're so madly in love. So, a lot of people want to be on a honeymoon with Jesus until the rapture of the church. And I got news for you. He's not interested in that. Now, I want you to think about this. God has something he's doing in you. Do you know what it is? Do you know that he is working for your benefit to grow you up? If you don't know that, you'll be frustrated in life. Because you'll think, what are you doing, God? Okay, let's look at another one. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 4. Start, let's start with verse 11. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Don't go quiet on me. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. The word perfect is the Greek word mature. God is taking you to maturity Amen. or attempting to. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He's wanting to see Jesus in you. All right. That we would no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, the trickery of men, cunning craftiness, deceitful plottings, but speak the truth in love. We may grow up in all things, even the head, even Christ. All right. The other day, I'm, I'm walking in through the office, and uh, Nikki has got James in there on the floor. Now, James is Nikki and Paul's baby, in case you don't know. Let me tell you what, what James is doing. James is laying on a blanket, sucking his toes. That's it. And I walked up, and I said, 
Are you just going to lay here all day and do nothing? <laughs> and he just sucked another toe and grinned at me. Because quite frankly, yes, that's all he's going to do right now is suck his toes. And that's cute. But I want you to know that every parent looks forward to the day that that baby quits sucking his toes. And quit sucking a bottle. For right now, it's good. But dear Lord, folks, there's something wrong if next year I walk through my office and James is sucking his toes. But, but mama and dad want James to get up on his feet and walk. Now, it's a good day and a bad one. Because when he finds out he can run, he will. <laughs> you have a new set of problems now. The next thing that you want him to do is get off the bottle. That'll create its own set of problems. But a baby, a human being, was not designed to drink milk forever. You weren't. Don't get quiet on me. But yet we're going to see in a minute that it's necessary. We're going to read a scripture that desire the sincere milk, that you'll grow. Milk is very, very important, especially when you're a baby Christian. And we'll, and we'll talk about that. But anyway, so in Ephesians 4 here, he says, speak the truth in love that you'll grow up in all things. Babies should grow up. They should walk. They should get off of diapers. They should become children. They should become teenagers. They should become adults. There is something wrong when a Christian is on milk for 20 30 years. Now, why am I saying this? Because I want you to know when you walk through those doors what I do. I don't want you to be disillusioned when I start talking about truth in love. And you say, you're too direct. And I go, you need to eat your vegetables. <laughs> And I'm going to take your bottle away. Amen. And, and people go, well, that's mean. No, it's not mean. Mm -hmm. It's actually very, very loving. Yeah, that's good. And, and as long as you understand that, and I want you to know, there is a benefit to growing up. Yeah. There is graces that you'll never touch being a baby. There's, there's things that God will never do with you I have a different relationship with Justin as a man than I had with him when he was a boy. Right. We do things father and adult son now yeah. that we didn't do when he was five. Yeah. God would love to take you there. You have to want to go. Now why am I preaching this? Years ago, a man in California named Bill Hybels started a movement called Seeker Sensitive. Now, his motive was, was, was not bad. He said these statements, this is a statement he made, and, and rightly so, I, I, I agree with what he said. 
We need to make it to where a sinner was comfortable in church. Well, but in the process of doing that, he had to down-dub his message. In other words, if you want people with earrings and green hair and, and dressing God knows how to come in, you're going to have to change the culture of your church. Which is, and, and he made a statement after he had done it for a while. He said, I fear I have made a grave mistake. He said, I have a large church full of the most, uh, the biggest, fattest babies. They're, they're unreasonable. They are, they, they're unreliable. Everything bothers them. And all they do is cry. Now see, he swapped obeying God for turning the whole church thing into winning the lost. There's nothing wrong with winning the lost. Take it outside the church. But in here, I'm not an evangelist. And so if you come in wanting me to be the pastor of the church you left, you might be kind of like, And maybe Pastor Morgan should change. No, maybe you should. Yes. You understand? I understand the difference between being mean and being honest. Yes. At least I believe I'm learning this. Yes. See, even I'm growing. Amen. I asked somebody the other day, I said, have I grown? They went, oh, yeah. Well, I got more to go. So, go to 1 Peter 2.2. And, I, and I'm going to make a statement to you. I want to change. I'm going to say it again. I want to change. I do not want to stay the way I am forever. I, I want to be a better pastor next year than I am. Well, y'all are quiet. I want to be a better Christian next year than I am right now. I want to be a better husband next year than I am right now. That will require something from me. Right. I, I have to decide to grow. Now, here's what I'm after. This is, I'm, I'm doing this in this service for a reason. I want you to want to grow. Amen. Because I want to say this. I can't make you come, right. and I can't make you grow up. That's a decision you're going to have to make. Right now... I am in competition with churches who don't do what we do. If you want pizza, it's every Sunday. There's churches starting right now where they'll lay hands on you and give you the anointing. And I already expect some of you to leave and go there. Because you're babies. You're chasing. A, God won't go with you. But you'll go. Right. Have you heard about the new thing? <gasps> and you hyperventilate as you leave and go, woo! Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. And it goes on all the time. New churches spring up all over the place constantly. By evangelists who can't make money overseas anymore because of COVID, so they become a pastor. Not... But that's your business. Make up your mind what you want. 
but you're not going to grow. And you're never going to reach your destiny. Never. Your kids won't either. Your family will not. But I'm just going to tell you that so you'll know. Now, I used an illustration this morning in the first service, and I need to qualify a statement. We have a young lady in the goes to this church, Tanya Robertson. She's a Apopka police officer. I love police. I thank God. Police are not supposed to be trying to fix what mama didn't. But this is what I love about police. If you're driving down the road in a 45 and you're doing 50, I want grace. Now, I'll tell you why I want grace. I don't ride around looking at my speedometer. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to watch for people pulling out in front of me. I mean, I really don't want some idiot to just sideswap me. So I'm usually gauging what I do by other traffic. And I want, I want grace. If you see me blow by you at five over, don't pull me over and give me a ticket. And, and policemen don't do that. They, they understand that life happens. Okay, do you all want that? I want that. When you walk in a church, no one should jump on your case because you are not perfect. You are an imperfect human being and you make mistakes and there's grace for that. That should be normal. But when you're driving down the road at 75 weaving in and out of traffic, somebody with a blue light is going to come find you. Because that's not a mistake, that's rebellion. You walk in a church and you're living with someone, somebody's going to say something to you. You're smoking dope, they're going to say something to you. See, there's a difference in dealing with mistakes and pure rebellion. And see, that happens in churches. Well, Pastor, don't you think you ought to lighten up? No. Because you're going to kill yourself and everybody on, and your family. And, and so this is church today. It's society we live in. Why are we having a problem that society doesn't even know what policemen are supposed to be doing. They're not supposed to be raising your children. And I mean, it's amazing how many people don't know that. Well, it's kind of quiet in here, but I think some of y'all are going, that's actually very true. Okay. So let's go back here. It says, as a newborn babe, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. All right, let's talk about babies for a moment. Well, more than a moment. There are people in this room right now that are baby Christians and have a God-given right to be a baby Christian. I have to really watch myself and my preaching because I can't throw T-bone out for an hour. I'm going to kill some people in this building. They're going to, ah, okay. They're going to leave hungry. So what is milk? Milk is grace. Grace. God loves you because God is good. Grace. You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. There is no responsibility in the cross except you receiving it. And that is milk. The Bible says, desire the milk of the word. That is who you are in Christ. 
what belongs to you and the goodness of God and, and babies that are in the church right now need milk because they came out of the world that's judgmental and mean and family members and all kind of hell on earth and they need to walk into a building where there's grace, grace, and more grace. They need milk. And I'm aware of that. And so some Sundays I get in here and I just preach on the goodness of God. And those are the times that I can tell you jump out of your seats, holler, scream, and sling milk everywhere and go, woo, wasn't that a great service? (laughs) And it was. And it's necessary. And the Bible teaches that if you have milk, you will grow. And many of you, I've sat and watched you mature in God, and I've watched you grow, and, and, I, and I love it. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 1. So in churches, we need the who you are in Christ message. We need the message on the Holy Ghost and the baptism and speaking in tongues. We need messages on the fact that God is for you and not against you. You're above and not beneath. You, you, you need milk. And you need to leave church going, wasn't that, when, glory to God, boy, I'm telling you, I got something out of that today. Your belly is fat and you gained weight. And, amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. I, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food, for until now you're not able to receive it. Even now you're still not able, for you're carnal And for where there is among you envy, strife, and division, are you not carnal and act like a mere man? In other words, you look, walk, and talk, and act, still act like a heathen. You're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, talking tongues, and you act like hell. (laughs) Throw fits, scream, holler, spit milk up, and it's okay. But I want you to understand something. God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to grow up. So at some time in your life, he's going to start feeding you something other than milk. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now, and I know that some of you, I'm going to get a reaction. God loves vegetables or he wouldn't have put them on the earth. And I can tell you what it was like when the boys got their first veggies. Lisa took them and smashed up the green beans and stuck them in their mouth, and they went, That means, uh-uh. Well, she scoops up another bite and stuffs them in his, their mouth. Because at some point, we got to get that kid off of milk. Yeah. Right. All the parents are looking at me going, amen, brother. There's a reason that God put teeth in your face. And they called at first baby teeth. Because you have to have baby teeth to grow into an adult. And you got to start eating. It's quiet in this Baptist church. It's okay. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 5. Say, I want to grow. I want to grow. Verse 12. For though by this time 
you ought to be teachers. He's not talking about a pulpit teacher here. He's talking about there comes a day in your life where you should be teaching someone the Bible. You need someone again to teach you the first principles of the oracle God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He's a baby. Now look at that scripture and tell me how you reconcile milk and skill. Isn't that an odd scripture? Milk and skill. It don't take skill to drink milk. So what is milk? Milk is any doctrine that places no responsibility on you at all. Now I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to make a statement. I love the who you are in Christ message. But I'm not preaching it every Sunday to you. Someday I'm going to look for you to use your teeth. And we're going to pull out some spinach. And some carrot. We'll cook them a little bit. And some broccoli. And some beans. And if you hang around here a while, we'll even pull a filet mignon out. But see, some of you, all you want is milk. That is the reason why every Sunday we have no idea whether you're even going to be here or not. Because you found out you have legs, and you're running everywhere. Don't shout me down. Babies are unstable. They're undependable. Children, they're undependable. You can't depend on a baby Christian. I mean, there may be here one Sunday. You might, the Lord's. No, he didn't. Your two legs and your tennis shoes took you someplace. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Don't, don't go quiet on me because I'm, all that tells me is I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on it. By this time, you ought to be teaching and you have need someone teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not food. I love preaching in him. I love preaching on the goodness of God. And I believe that you need it in your diet yet. I need it in mine. I will never not preach on milk. Not just for you, but for my own sake. I need reminders of how much God loves me, of what Jesus did for me at the cross and gave it to me as a gift. I need it. Everyone who partakes of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That means that they have no responsibilities. So little James, the other day when I walked through the office and I said to him, I said, are you just going to lay here and suck your feet all day? And he just looked at me and cooed real good and went back to sucking his feet. The answer is yes. I'm just going to lay here and suck my feet all day. But it's okay because he has a right. He's a baby. But I want to tell you something. Let's hope that he doesn't stay there. Amen. Okay. Solid food, verse 14, belongs to those who are of full age that by reason of obeying the Bible have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. It's the reason why society doesn't know right from wrong. The pulpit is responsible for the mess in America. And you've demanded it. You either give me milk or I'm going to go to another church. 
I had a lady came in here one day. She said, you're too direct. And I went, amen. <laughs> yes, I am. Look at a cop and say, you're too, you've embarrassed me pulling me over. You embarrassed yourself. Now get your, give me your driver's license. And we're going to give you a share revenue coupon and let you think about it. If you don't want a cop pulling you over, don't speed. Yeah. If you don't want the preacher to say something to you, why don't you live right? Come on. If the sermon's bothering you, why is it bothering you? You had a chance to read that scripture before I, you came here? <laughs> Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ... Let's go on to perfection. Use to put the word maturity there. Don't lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. What is that? That's the grace message. There, what's wrong with that message? Nothing. You should, you should hear of repentance from dead works. Work, working your salvation won't work. You're going to have to come and get saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. You need that message. Amen. Let's look at another one. Um, dead works and faith toward God. The faith message, which I preach in this pulpit, is milk. God will meet all of your needs. That's milk. God loves you unconditionally. That's milk. If God is on your side, who could be against you? That is milk. Whatever you desire, I was, I'm It's milk. It's milk. And everybody's going, woo, hallelujah. God was in church today. The doctrine of baptisms. Not just in water, but filled with the Holy Ghost. Preaching on tongues is milk. Holy Ghost is milk. Running aisles and jumping pews is milk. Laying on of hands. Oh, I'm going down to so-and-so's meeting this weekend, and he's going to lay his hands on, hallelujah. Ain't nobody going to lay their hands on you and absolve you from obeying God. Because when you get up off the floor, God's still got something he wants you to do. Come on, don't shout me down. I'm trying, I'm trying to get this church to a place where it understands I want you to walk in and go, I'm growing. I'm growing in God. You, you don't need meat every Sunday. I don't want meat every Sunday. Lord have mercy. I need to hear the goodness of God myself. But every once in a while, I pick up one of Rick Renner's books. All right. And I go, ah! And even worse, Keith Moore, help me, Jesus. I read his whole thing one time on humility. It wasn't about humility. It was about pride. God, that was, and, and I was going to stop, just stop listening to it. And I thought, no, that's pride. And then I thought, I'm going to get Lisa to listen to this. And he said, don't, this sermon's not for your wife. And I went, ah. I'm going to tell you something. Did me good. Yeah. 
did me good. Man, did me good. Some of y'all are going, listen to it again, Pastor. <laughs> I'm probably going to. Um, babies eat everything on the floor. You know, when I see people come walking in this church, it's amazing how many doctrines you believe. That's true. That's true. Some people walk up and go, have you heard about the Nephilim? That's called a roach. Don't eat it. <laughs> Why do you listen to everything on the Internet about sex, demons having sex with people and creating a race of people? Just stop. It's a bug. It's not a cookie. You know, when you have babies, you've got to put those little child locks on everything. They think, there's, they think everything white's milk. Even Drano's milk. And they'll kill themselves. And so when you start watching people walk in church, you've got to go, uh, we might need to get you off of some of that. You might need to make some adjustments. That's not even in the Bible. Anywhere. So babies eat everything on the floor. Babies are easily frustrated, easily distracted, and easily. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. I'm never coming back again. <laughs> I got corrected. <laughs> Pastor, we think you're a little too rough. I don't know. I think, I think that we need to take their bottle away. Because somewhere, they got to grow up. Been saved for 20 years, and nobody can say anything to you without it blowing your gaskets off. Don't shout me down. I thank you. I'm going to. I'm going to have it. And they take no responsibility. Touchy, fretful. I ain't listening to that. You're right. You aren't. All right. I got this written down here. Pastors need to quit chasing people because they're babies and they need to grow up. All right. Let's go. Let's go back. Ephesians 4.14. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4.14. Those are babies. And babies have a right to be babies, but they don't have a right to stay babies. And I need you to understand God has an agenda for you. A lot of times what's happening to you is God is getting you off a bottle. And you going, he left me. He didn't leave you. He put you down. I'm going to tell a story now because I love telling stories. It's my, I mean, I got 30 minutes with y'all. I'm going to use it up. My sister Nancy when she realized that because Daniel had, according to doctors, ADHD. ADHD is cocoa puffs and a lack of discipline. Amen. That's right. Get them off of sugar and use a belt a slight more. And you won't have ADHD. Which went on the increase when we started feeding our kids Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Don't, don't get, and, and cereal loaded with white cocaine. And they're sitting in school 
like this, and then they want to put them on Ritalin. Never mind. Is this too much for y'all? I mean, let's just go down this road. I'm pastoring you real good right now. I don't know whether you know it or not. So Nancy's got a homeschool, a kid who's diagnosed with ADHD, who now works for the State Department. And her daughter, Brooke, who was severely retarded, and she's got a homeschool. So in order to school him, you understand that a teacher can't teach a kid anything that doesn't listen. Anybody here a school teacher? We're not going to have that problem in our school. We're going to get permission to spank them, or we're going to call you from work to come get them, and you spank them. But they're not going to sit in a class and raise Cain. So you understand, we've been, Lisa's been doing a real good job of studying schools, how they operate, how they don't operate, and we believe in the old-fashioned, raising your level of love, so blessing you, coming in and going out. So Nancy decides the first day of school, she looks at Daniel and says, Daniel, we're going to Dillard's, and the lesson today is to mind your mother and walk beside me. Do you know she knows what he's going to do? But she goes to, she's not shopping. This is school. Do you ever think that maybe God takes you someplace just to see, tell you, walk with me? Thank you. So she goes to Dillard's. She says, Daniel, I'm going to let go of your hand, and I want to say something to you. You're going to walk with me, and if you run off, I'm taking you home, and I'm going to paddle you. So she lets his hand go, and he looks around, and he goes, freedom. And whoop, under the dress as he goes. Well, she knew he was going to do it. She finds him. There's not too many places to hide in Dillard's. And she grabs him by the hand and says, let's go home. Takes him in the bedroom. And she disciplines him promptly. The next morning, she says, for school today, we're going to Dillard's. And today, we're going to go through, I'm going to go shopping, and you're going to walk with me. I'm going to let go of your hand. And she goes through this again. What do you think he did? Boom! Ricochet rabbit. She did this every day for one week. At the end of a week, she told me, she said, I walked in, I turned loose his hand, I said, Daniel, walk with me. And he walked beside her. Now see, some things God's doing in your life, there's nothing more than, can you pay attention? Right. right. Very good. That's good. I don't know what God is doing in my life. I'm praying about it. Not, he's just, <laughs> just walk with me. Yeah. I just want you to be faithful. Amen. Just be faithful. Mm-hmm. Okay. No good to have a kid sitting at a desk that's not listening to you. Mm-hmm. No sense in you even sitting in church. You ain't listening anyway. Mm-hmm. I went to church. I know. Mm-hmm. Didn't learn a thing. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go quiet on me. Amen. So Nancy's training Daniel, and, and she's schooling him. God schools you. Yes, yeah. he does. God has an agenda to get you somewhere that other than where you are right this minute. And he knows where you are spiritually. Yes, he does. And he's not ignorant of what it's going to take to get you to your next place. Yeah. Right. 
Wow, thank you. Ephesians 4.14. We'll go back there. That we should no longer be what? Children. Now let's read the rest of this now. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, cunning craftiness and deceitful plottings. Folks, listen to me. You don't need milk. You don't need a horse and a pony show every time you come to church. That man has created a church just to get you to come. Not interested in you growing at all. But speak the what? Say it with me. What? Truth. Truth is broccoli. There's an element of truth in what I'm preaching right now. That's why y'all are going quiet. I'm kind of opening you up and going, well, is the airplane, is the airplane, open up, whoa, in the hangar. And I'm watching y'all go. (laughs) 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 And I'll get another bite. He opened up to hang on. (laughs) Look around this room right now. There's 300 people call this their church. Yeah. Their babies. And they've been saved for 30 five or 40 years. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a secret right now. God is resisting them. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know it. And they think that to have happiness, they have to go to the beach. Amen. What you need is obedience. Amen. Not the beach. It got quiet in here again. The Sabbath was not, it's not beach day. But pastor, I was just wore out. I know you are, you big baby. But what will happen is, is that you'll find out that your way of doing it won't work. And you're going to come back to God and go, oh, help me. And you're going to say, well, you can start by going back to church. Finally off, when a person's finally off of milk and they've learned about freedom, they got two legs and they start learning to run everywhere. You have to train a child to eat vegetables. I have to train you to get off of just in him reality. Now, I love Andrew Walnack. Now, he doesn't preach just in him if you know Andrew. And I love who else, who else? Mark Hankins. Love Mark Hankins. But I also love Rick Renner. Folks, you need a lot more than just in him realities. You can stay there if you want to. But babies get fat on milk. (laughs) Some of y'all need to lean up just a little bit, a little bit. I'm leaning myself. I'm I'm on a leaning. Let's talk about children for a minute. First of all, children are not dependable. You give a child a job in church, 
you won't even see them next week, much less do it. Something came up. Really? Yeah, but I need my prayers answered. Not happening. Yeah, but I'm standing on the word. No, you're not. Children are curious. They always want to know what's going on in everyone else's life. Have you heard? Why don't you work on you and leave sister so-and-so alone? Then they become church prophets. Children are the ones that are running around giving everybody a word. You've had it happen in here. I have something the Lord wants to say. Listen, these people don't even have their own life together. Why don't you tell them to turn all that prophetic right to your own face? (laughs) I've had to run around and say, stop. The Lord said, listen, prophesying does not fix insecurity. If you want to appear mature, become mature. Impress. Don't impress people. Be impressive. About time I tell them to stop, they have taken their gift to where it's appreciated. It's quiet in here. It's okay. But see, listen, how how in the world do I stop proper lying if I can't hear what they're saying? Do you know how many people were called to marry somebody in the pews of these churches by prophets running around during the hugging time? The Lord shows me you're supposed to marry that girl over there. I don't even like her. How many people have prophesied their daughters to just come on? <laughs> it would it would be funny if it wasn't really very sad. <laughs> and I have to come along and go, you need to stop. And they don't understand. They they think I'm just mean. You just don't appreciate the, the moving of the Spirit of God. <laughs> yes, I do. Just not through you. Are y'all all all right? I know I'm getting, I'm trying to make this gracious. I'm I'm really trying to be gracious right now. It it, it is true. And um, the next thing is, and don't get mad at me, talkativeness. Babies talk nonstop. Let me say something to you. When I'm out at the door, and you say, can I have a minute? Do you know what that means? <laughs> 45. No, I don't have 45 minutes. Call me when I can sit, be sitting in a chair. Or y'all out there, don't get mad. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? It says she told him all. Yeah. Have y'all ever read that and understood what happened? I mean, she said, after she got healed, she sat down and said, it began when I was one. And by then, Jairus' servant has died. And she is telling him 
every detail of the story. The doctor came and said this, and then they left, and they came back, and then my mother-in-law said. And Jesus, all it says is, she told him all, and I'm going, oh, help him. Babies talk nonstop. Baby Christians have a story, and you will hear it. Now, I'm going to tell on me. Can I tell on me? Y'all don't mind, I don't mind telling on me. I'll tell you that I'm growing too. I really wish people would look at me and go, I'm growing, Pastor, I'm growing. I'm not where I was, and I'm not where I'm going to be. But I'm sitting at the table with Mark Hankins, and I love to tell my stories, and, and I had told him about five right in a row. Dun, 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 dun. And he looks at me and says, you talk too much. <laughs> and I said, Ouch. And I went home and I opened up the book of Proverbs and I went, dang, I talk too much. So we went out the next day to eat in Mount Dora. And Lisa, my lovely wife, looks at me and she goes, you haven't said anything all day. And I said, I ain't going to either. <laughs> did, I, did I need that? I did. I want to grow. And I want to know what God wants me to change. Do you? Do you want to grow? You're going to have grace and truth. Okay. <laughs> Babies interrupt. All right, let me give you an example. Me and Justin are talking, and you're standing over here going. I see you. If I even look at you, you think that means, I need to and nobody can breathe until you're done. Why don't you just let people alone? You got forever. I, 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 there's another one of me, another one of me. I've had times when people look at me and go, I was talking and you interrupted me. And I went, I did. And you stop and go, I'm wrong. Don't throw a fit. No, you were corrected. You're wrong. Say, I was wrong. That's a sign of maturity. Don't make excuses and go, okay, I see. It's called growing up. All right. Y'all are awfully quiet. and I mean, it's not to bother me a little bit. I've I'm, I'm got this out of Brother Hagin's book, so I'm just going to read it. Number one, babies are, are constantly evil speaking, talking about the faults and failures of others. Vain speaking, talking about their self all the time, where I'm going and what I'm doing. What I'm doing, 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 what I'm doing. Well, we now know what you're doing. <laughs> Foolish speaking, jesting and joking. You say something, Kurt, <laughs> I was joking. No, you weren't. Right. <laughs> Never mind. Ephesians 5.4, go to Ephesians 5.4. 
neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Now, didn't get this far in the first service, but we're going to move on. Let's talk a little bit about adulthood. Hebrews 5, 14. Let's go back to Hebrews 5. Are you all okay with this? I say all of this because there's people who walk in this church and they say they want to grow in God. My question is, do you really? You want to grow? Do you want to grow? Because growing is not easy. When a child becomes an adult, it's very difficult. And I'm going to get way ahead of myself right now. Pride is when you do it your way. And humility is when you do it his way. And humility means that you stop being selfish. And when self dies, you're going to kill it. Maturity is going to require your flesh suffer. Now, don't think that I didn't suffer being rebuked at a table. My pride, I'm, I have a certain amount of pride, and now I'm being rebuked at a dinner table with a lot of people around. The only thing to do is suck it up and grow up. But your flesh, when someone tells you you're wrong, you want to go, that let you, why don't you let your flesh suffer a minute and go, Wow, <laughs> that hurt. Thank you. Amen. Hebrews 5.14, let's go over there. I think it's 14. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is by reason of use. What does that mean? That means they're not just here sitting in a church listening to the Bible. They're actually doing it. Doing the Bible is what grows you, Amen. not knowing the Bible. Amen. Doing the Bible means there's going to be a death. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's true. That is why Christians don't grow up. Because they don't want to die. Thrill me. Thrill me, tell me that it loves me, and just thrill me, thrill me, and tell me one more time how he loved me. Don't kill me, kill me, Pastor Morgan, he tried to kill me. Some of you need to die. Christianity is about a cross. Without a cross, you're not a Christian. Don't get quiet on me. Pick up your what? You're not always going to get your way. You're not always going to go where you want to go. You're not always going to do what you want to do. If you are, you're not saved, or you're just a bad Christian. Okay, okay. I mean, just, I want to say something to some of y'all. It was nice having you here today. 
<laughs> Tell Doug I said hi. Oh, who's the other guy in town? No, I'm joking. I, I hope I'm joking. I hope I'm joking. Um, Ephesians, yeah, no jesting. Ephesians 4, again, go back to Ephesians 4. Thirteen. No, let's skip that. Let's go on down. I want you to go to seventeen now. Four seventeen. Are y'all ready? Can you go, can we go further this morning? And this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk, talk, and live like a Gentile. There ought to be a separation of you and the world. You ought to not look like them, talk like them, or act like them anymore. That's right. There's things they do, you don't do it. When we start talking about the racial issues that are in America today, they're more prompted by a wicked government than they are reality. You can't run around mad about the 60s the rest of your life. That's ungodly. Someday you're going to have to be a Christian. Forgive. Walk in love. Start getting along with people. Let's finish this. Having understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Who are past feelings, they have given themselves to lewdness, to work on cleanliness and greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. Indeed, you've been heard and have been taught by him the truths in Jesus. Put off your former conduct. Now listen to what I'm talking about. This is called growing up. In other words, there's a certain amount of stop being offended. Every time somebody says something to you. You say, I have a call of God on my life. Show me by growing up. Take things on you and get them. The old clothes, get them off. The old way of doing it, take it off. Selfishness, get it out of your life. The me, get it out of your life. The pouting, get it out of your life. My opinion, get it out of your life. What I want, get it out of your life. Are y'all out there? Somewhere, there needs to come a point where a child becomes responsible. You want them to hit this before they get married. Oh, God, help them hit it before they get married. I want to walk in the room and say, clean the room, and this is what I want to hear. Yes, sir. Not, "Uh I'll tan your hide, and then you'll clean your room. And when I'm finished, I want you to do what I've asked you to do. Is this too strong? No. So one day we took the boys, and y'all have heard the story before, but you're going to hear it again. Because you need to hear it again. See, we raised them good. 
they got disciplined, but not constantly. If they got whipped, they got whipped, prayed for, forget it. Don't run around acting mad at these kids all the time. They may, that was rebellion, not a mistake. And, 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 and if their brothers say anything to them, we'll whip them. It's none of your business. All right, having said that, the boys grew up. They didn't get beat. Che will tell you that I beat her all the time. It's not true. It's a lie. <laughs> Ashley did get beat all the time, but Che did not. <laughs> Ashley's always pushing the envelope, but Che did not. So we went out to a restaurant in Altamont. I remember the day. I got three boys sitting there eating and, mind, and minding. Imagine that. Go in there and have a seat. You know why they minded? I never lied. And I don't tell them three times. Once is plenty. You get in this restaurant, you misbehave. When I take you home, I'm going to tan your eye. And I did. And after the next time they went, he ain't lying. So we blowed up the boys. People from the church came, wanted to go out to eat. We went out to eat. Their little boy was an Islamic terrorist. Honey, do you want that? No. My, our boys are going. Oh, my God. This little kid climbed out of his chair, sassed his mother. I didn't say anything, not my kid. We endured him and them. And they want prayer for him. I said, you know, you're the one need prayer. But you're mean. So on the way home, and it was, it was Justin that said it. I'll just tell you who said it. We were good boys, weren't we, Mommy? And we turned around and said, yes, you were. And I don't remember which one of them said, the other boy was not good, was he, Mommy? No, he was not, was he? No. In other words, we're reminding you. I took Josh one day to the barbershop with me, and I went in there, and I said, sit right here, and Daddy's going to get a haircut. And he picked up a newspaper, and he read it, a book. She said, how'd you get him to do that? I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> do you know that God... Wants you to mind. I will say something to y'all. That's his highest priority to you. You may have a lot of priorities, but his highest one is just getting you to mind. I don't know what you're going through today, but I'll guarantee you one thing. He's still working on you. I'm starting to feel a little bit odd, so. Go to Hebrews 5, and I'm going to close with this. Hebrews chapter 5. Well, that was a good time to say, thank you, Lord. That's my own daughter. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's done. You know, the kids said to me, they said, Dad, the hardest part about being in your church is that you keep telling all these stories on us. Well, it's not my fault you gave them to me. So just, just. actually, I'll tell one good on Che. Che was the only one of the kids 
who would study in the summer to be ahead of the game next year. So I'd say, what are you doing? Why don't you go out and play? And she goes, well, I, I want to, when I go to school next year, I don't want to be behind. And I said, well, go outside and play. You're a kid. You know, but she was always trying to be the good kid. Now, the only time I ever had to, ever had to really whip her good was when a little girl said to her one day, you don't need to go home after dark like your daddy said. And Che, because of peer pressure, yielded. I didn't spank her because she was out after dark. I spanked her because she yielded to someone. And I said, you don't need to be doing that. And so, you know, I, I remember her spankings. She probably does too, but I remember them. And she never did it again. But I don't want my kids because someone told them you don't have to mind your parents. I can't control what the people say to you, but I can sure control what you do when they do talk to you. And so, you know, um, Hebrews... Y'all ready for this? Hebrews 5, 7. This is Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears, was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. I don't have time to do it right now. We'll get into it next week. Humility will take you up. Pride will take you down. God will resist you. Think about that a little bit. If you're doing it your way, God will stiff arm you. He loves you, but he'll like, no, no. You've got some changing to make. And he'll let you stay in the mess. Now, I, I spent a year of my life rebuking the devil, rebuked the devil, rebuked the devil, before it dawned on me that it was God. <laughs> Had his hand on me going, I need you to mind. Okay. And I found the fastest way up is for God to take you up. And the fastest way up is down. So humility is the best thing you've ever learned. Because then God will take you where he wants you to go. But as long as you're taking you where you want to go, you're not going anywhere. Except down. Does that make sense? So is growing up good? Yes, it is. I told a story a while ago, and I'm going to tell it again. I remember the day that I was out in the woods with Justin, and he had a 20-gauge shotgun. And Justin, by this time in his life, how old were you? Ten, maybe ten years old. And he says, we're down in the woods hunting, and he says, Dad, I want to go back to camp. Can I keep my buckshot in the gun? Now, you understand, the other two boys would have said, I would have said no. But this one, I said, I've already learned this one will do what I say. I'm saying, this is very important what I'm saying to you right now. On the way back, he pulled his little grunt call out, which is a doe in heat. And he's sitting on a rock going, and a little buck has never figured out how that doe looked so much like a deer hunter. And he turns around and there's a little spike buck, what, 10, 15 yards away. And he shoots it. And he kills himself a deer. 
And I'm glad that I let him keep his buckshot because he got to kill a deer. But I would not have, I'm a dad. I will never, I will never give him something that will harm him or another human being if he's irresponsible. And I want you all to understand something. You're, God has places he wants to take you. And he can't until you grow up. He's not going to give you the power in your tongue if you're going to kill everybody on the interstate. And your spouse and your kids. So growing up is, is very advantageous. And you have to want it. And I'm going to close with this. And this is why I'm preaching this. I've learned a long time ago, I can say all I want to to you. And you're going to do what you want to do. I need you to go, I want to grow up. And if you don't, I won't see you next week. You're, you're going to flop around until the day you die. And I'm going to tell you something right now. God will let you. people come to me all the time so my prayers aren't getting answered and I don't want to look at you and tell you why you're going to have to quit sitting in church listening to what I say and not doing it and I'll go well let's agree in prayer and I already know it's not going to go well but I'm not going to say anything to you you're going to find out one way or the other I want you to have a better life. I want my kids, I want my grandkids to have an awesome life. But if Jesus is not number one, you will not have it. I don't care who you are. You're not that smart. I'm not that smart. Anybody ready to grow? Yeah. Yeah. I love teaching you the Bible. But I love you learning it more than, than you'll ever dream. I sit around this church right now and I see people. I'm going to pick on you for a minute. This man right here is grown. Came in smoking dope. Amber was a mess. I told Lisa one day, I said, she scares me. And I'm fearless. And I'm so proud of her. They have grown. Justin, my own son, he's grown immensely. Alex, good Lord, Alex, help me, Jesus. Alex, you remember when your mother sent you to my house to work on the roof? You know why she sent you to work on the roof? It was the only time I could talk to you. You'd talk about anything if you were working. What a mess he was. And his mother was so concerned and I'd preach to him and he'd just, glory to God, help me, Jesus. But I'm proud of him. Say, I will. will. Grow. Grow. That is God's will for you. If you decide that, Your life is fixing to turn into heaven on earth. It's fixing to get better. 
Father God, I, 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 have, I, have, I got up this morning with a heart, and I want the people here to know this. I'm not just preaching a sermon. I'm pastoring. I'm pastoring right now. I'm, I'm talking to people in a room. I love them. I want them. I want everybody, in, including me, to grow and mature and become better Christians than we are. If you're on our side, there's nothing's impossible. Nothing. I, I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice right now, including those that are on the internet, are sitting back and going, hey, I think that um, I think it's time for us to begin to work with God here. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice walks out today and doesn't just say that was a good sermon, but I think I got some direction for my life that I needed, and I'm about to step into the best days of my life because you can. Father, I thank you for everybody in this church that has grown, and I, I pray that I would grow. I pray I would continue to grow. I pray that Justin, Lisa, and me, my own kids, my own family would begin to grow in God. And everybody in the room right now would walk out and understand that I was preaching today out of my heart and pleading with people. This is what we do as Christians. This is what we do in this church. We grow Christians. And come grow with us. And I give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for Lisa? All right. How many of you am I going to see again next week? How many of you already made up your mind? You ain't never coming back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27 says, Open rebuke is better than hidden love. If you really love someone and you don't ever tell them, you don't ever let them know, God said that someone that really loves you, that you know, open rebuke is better than hidden love. And the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. Rebuke from your pastor who does that in your best interest is better than the kisses of an enemy, an enemy, someone that tells you what you want to hear. Right? So you just say, Lord, I receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you want prayer for any reason, Matthew 18 says, what does it say? If any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Get up here. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.